The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Take your Bibles, go to Proverbs chapter number 23 this morning. We're looking at one verse, one truth, and a topical message today, and I hope it'll be a help to you. I believe this is probably a message I know that I need the truth from the Bible, this truth, probably on a regular basis, and I hope that you do too. And I I pray that uh, today's message will be a help and a blessing and an encouragement to you. You know, I had the privilege for 14 years to be a youth pastor, and one of the benefits of being a youth pastor is you get to travel. In fact, I took several junior-senior trips. We went to Washington. We'd go from Georgia to Disney World. I'll never forget one of the trips we took to Disney World. It's hot. I grew grew up in Florida, so I I was born in Tampa, Florida, so I'm a Floridian by heart, love the area, and love Florida, but I'm used to the heat, I say. But we're in, we're in a, on a trip there. I've got a bunch of seniors. We're at Disney World. We're at Epcot Center, and it is blazing hot. And so we're trying to find any type of place to go in. You know, we're looking for those little cool jets that, you know, come down, you know, and they, 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 they shoot down that cool water on you or the spray. You know, we're looking for anything we can just to get a reprieve from the heat. And so we find this, this, this venue, I guess you want to say. And so we go in and we have no idea. I have no idea what we're going in. And we go in this place. And as soon as you walk in, it's like the coolness just hits the, the sweat on you, man. It's just a great feeling. And I remember plopping down into one of those easy chairs, and I noticed in front of me it's dark. You know how Disney does things. They do things as excellent as you can when they, when they show, do their rides and different things. And we're sitting in there, and there's a bunch of screens in front of me. I've got the seniors to my right and to my left. My wife is sitting beside me, and there's some very unusual screens. In fact, they're, they're configured really weird. It's not the normal squares or rectangles that you see. In fact, the screens, two of them are circles. And one of them at the bottom looks like an upside-down banana. Then there's one in the center. It actually looked like somebody's face. I'm thinking, okay, this is pretty interesting. I'm chilling out, literally, enjoying, you know, the, the AC. And all of a sudden, those screens start to come alive. What I didn't realize is we were in what they called cranium command. We had crawled into the mind, the body, the head of a teenager, And as those screens woke up, the two circles were his eyes. The the upside-down banana was his mouth. The center was his nose. And we literally, we were inside of his head, and we're walking through, and he's going through the hallway of his school, and and he's looking at different things, and, and you're seeing it from the perspective of his mind. And I thought to myself as I'm sitting there, what if somebody crawled into my mind and saw what I thought about every day? I ask you today, what are you thinking? You know, we crawl into, into Bible characters' minds. and In fact, you crawl into, into Eve's mind in Genesis chapter 3. The Bible says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And he takes her to, the, to this tree in the middle of the garden. And the Bible says, and she saw that it was good and pleasant and to be desired. And the thought process in Eve's mind is going full throttle. She's thinking, man, I want that. The thought life. 
We go to the book of Jonah, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and, and, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come against me. And Jonah's mind, his thought process, is thinking, he's thinking, man, I don't want to go there. Are you kidding me? Man, they fillet people on, on post, and, and they watch them die in the sun, and while they're alive, much like you would do a minnow on a hook and to try to keep it alive, and they do that to people. And Jonah's thinking, I don't want to go there. And you know the rest of the story. He goes on a boat and heads 2,000 miles the opposite direction, all because of his thoughts. And I'm here to tell you this morning, friend, if the devil is going to get you, he's going to get me, he's going to get us with our thoughts. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 is a very simple verse, but it's powerful. The Bible says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I ask you this morning, what are you thinking? Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for its power. We're going to quote a lot of scriptures today, and I pray in the next few minutes that God, you'll use the word of God to change the hearts of the people here, including myself, who desperately need the truth God, none of us have arrived. None of us are, are immune to Satan's attacks. We're thankful that if we put on the whole armor of God, we can win through the power and strength of God. But Lord, the problem is we go out with our armor half, half cocked half the time and half of it's not even on. The devil's going to get us. He's going to get us with our minds and help us today, Lord, in the next few minutes to understand the truth of the word of God. May we not forget it in Jesus' name. Amen. It was A.W. Tozer who said this, contemplating the fact that more than 10,000 thoughts a day pass between our ears, our thoughts not only reflect what we, who we are, they predict what we'll become. They say from studying the brain, scientists have found that repeated thoughts actually create physical grooves in the brain. In other words, when we practice a skill, we learn a sport or study facts or, or an instrument, a little trench, they say, is carved into our brain tissue. And this is another reason why it's hard to break a habit. Because repeated thoughts not only become brain grooves, as they say, but deeds and repeated actions become consistent routines. A thought is any reasoning, any idea or opinion in the mind. This morning, I want to try to be a help to you because I know that I need this myself. I want us to see several truths concerning our thoughts from the Word of God. Number one, the discerner of our thoughts. Now, friends, don't miss this. Don't you ever forget that God knows everything. When you look at the attributes of God, he's omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful. That means you can't outstrengthen him. You realize, number two, he's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. You can't outsprint him. Jonah tried to do it. It didn't work. Adam and Eve tried to hide from God. It didn't work. All throughout the Bible, God is omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. You can't outsmart him. So if you can't outstrengthen him, you can't outsprint him, and you can't outsmart him, there's nowhere you can go to realize that I can run from God. He is a discerner of our thoughts. In fact, the Bible says in John 16, 30, we see the declaration of his knowledge. Now are we sure thou knowest all things. The Bible says in Job 23, 10, the direction of his knowledge, but he knoweth the way that I take. And then you see in Luke 16, 15, the depth of his knowledge, God knows your heart. So I realize there is no place that I can hide from God seeing my thoughts. I have a pickup truck, and my daughter Joy, when she was just a little girl, we'd love to play hide-and-go-seek, and, and Joy, she was just old enough to crawl into the back of my pickup truck, and she'd get there in the bed, and I knew exactly where, I, where she was, because I'm not going to let her out of my sight, and I know exactly where she is outside, and I would pretend like I didn't know where she was at, and you could hear her giggling inside the truck. I said, Joy, where are you? And of course, 
You know, I know exactly where she's at and she's giggling and she's thinking, dad doesn't know where I'm at. And yet all of a sudden she'd pop up as a little four-year-old and we'd act surprised. And so many times that's how we do with God. God, I'm hiding from you. You can't see things in my life. And God says, wait a minute, I see everything you do. I know your thoughts. I know who you are. His word says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, even piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of the joints and marrow. Here it is. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word discerner means judge. So my friend, the discerner of our thoughts is God himself. So therefore, you've got to realize God knows our thoughts completely. First Chronicles 28, verse 9, the Bible says, The Lord searcheth all the hearts and understand all the imagination of the thoughts. Imagine talking to somebody who knew your thoughts. Now, can you imagine, man, you're talking to somebody and he can read your thoughts and you're thinking to yourself, man, he, you're talking and he's probably too close and you're thinking, man, your breath sure does stink. And he thinks, well, he tells you out loud because he can know your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking. He said, man, I just brushed him a minute ago and you're like, whoa. You're thinking, hey, there's a pretty girl that you want to invite out to some activity, you know, and, and, and here at Pensacola, and, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, you're talking to her, you're thinking, man, I would love to invite her to this activity on Friday, and can you imagine if she knew your thoughts and she blurts out and says, man, I'm available on Friday if you want to go. You're like, wow. Can you imagine somebody knowing that? Do you realize that the Bible says that Jesus knew the thoughts of the Pharisees? In fact, Matthew chapter 9, verse 4, Jesus knowing their thoughts says, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? Matthew 12, 25 of the Pharisees, and Jesus knew their thoughts. He knows our thoughts completely. Number two, he knows them continually. You say, what do you mean? Psalm 139, verse 2, David said, Thou knowest my downsitting, mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. God doesn't go to bed, friends. The Bible says in Psalm 121, verse 3, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. So there's absolutely no place that you can hide from the presence of the Lord. The discerner of our thoughts is the creator of the universe, the maker of our bodies. We can't hide from Him. I want you to get number two, not only the discerner of our thoughts, number two, the development of our thoughts. How are our thoughts processed? In other words, thoughts are a reflection of what is in the heart. Most of you probably got ready in front of a mirror today. Most of you. Now, I can look at some of you and I wonder, but most of you got ready in front of a mirror. You looked, your hair may have been every which way, cattywampus as we say, and it, you know, ladies, you looked and said, hey, I need to fix this and do this, and you looked in front of a mirror to make sure, and that mirror simply reflected what it saw. Do you realize, friends, that our thoughts are a reflection of what's in the heart? I mean, the Bible is very clear when it says that. Matthew 15, 9, 15, 19, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. The Bible says in Mark 7, 21, for from within out of the heart proceed evil thoughts and they defile you. The word defile is the Greek word koinu and it means to make profane, to pollute, or to be unclean. Here's the bottom line. If it's in your heart, it's going to come out in your thoughts. That's what the Bible says. You say, why does that happen? Because thoughts are produced because of who we are. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, we are all sinners, the Bible says, and we come short of the glory of God. Jeremiah 17, 9, the Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The word deceitful means polluted or crooked. Thoughts are produced because of who we are. We are sinners. We're going to deal with that till Jesus comes or calls us home. They're produced because of who we are. But friends, clue in with me. Number two, thoughts are provoked by what we see. May I stop here just a minute and, realize, and just help us to realize that your eyes, sir, affects your heart. 
Your eyes, ma'am, affect your heart. Your, your eye affects who you are. Do you realize in, 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 in this day and age, pornography is running rampant all across even our Christian circles? And all you have to do is reach into your pocket if you want and pull out your phone and you can see just about anything you want to see in 3D and high definition and almost ultra 4K and, and everything they've created these days. You, can, you don't have to go far to, to get messed up in your mind. Brigham Young University College of Nursing, Richard Drake was an assistant professor there and he said this, in fact, studies have indicated that pornography can have the same effect on the brain as cocaine. Images can be permanently burned into the memory by epinephrine, a chemical in the brain. You realize that according to Nielsen Net Ratings that years ago, 17.5 million people visited sites, porn sites that were not good. You realize that boys ages 12 to 17 are the major targets of consumers of pornography because they realize if they can get somebody early, they've probably got them hooked for life. I mean, they're not stupid, my friends. Do you realize that Chuck, Chuck Colson is called internet pornography spiritual crack cocaine because of how quickly people can become addicted to it because of how destructive it is to the human body? My friends, I'm talking to people here today who may be struggling with some areas and realize this, God sees everything. You can't get away with it forever. In fact, it's interesting, David, we know the story of David. When you think of David, it's either David and Bathsheba, his worst moment, or David and Goliath, his greatest moment. I mean, really, two sides of the coin there. And when David, when you think about it, he looked. When Bathsheba was there, the problem was he lingered, and then he lusted, and we know the story, lost. He lost, he lost incredible things in his life, all because he couldn't control his thought life. You know, when my kids were young, we did several things to protect them. I mean, you, you know, we didn't want them sticking little bobby pins in the electrical outlets. You know what we did? We put some little plastic things in there so they couldn't put their fingers or, 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 or pins or anything in there. Do you know that at the top of, of, of the stairs, we put this baby gate that, that made sure that that gate was there so they wouldn't fall down the stairs and hurt themselves. Do you know that when Scott and Joy were little that we even used crazy little spoons that had rubber on the end of the spoon so they wouldn't top, hurt the top of their mouths? And yet I ask you, what are you doing to protect your mind today? What are you doing to help out one of the most powerful things you have that God gave you, your CPU right here? It's a reflection of the heart, my friends. And if your heart is not right with God, the devil can have a heyday in our hearts and our minds and control our thoughts if we don't let God control our thoughts. They are produced because of who we are. They're provoked by what we see. Number three, they're made public by how we talk. There's a very interesting verse in the Bible. It's Proverbs 30, 32, and this is what it says. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thy hand upon thy mouth. You say, why'd you do that? Because that's what the Bible says. You say, I didn't get it. Let me say it to you again. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thy hand upon your mouth. You know what? That means that if you're thinking it, it's probably going to come out of your mouth. As a youth pastor for 14 years, all I had to do is sit in the back of a room and listen to the kids. Now, again, I understand that I'm not the Holy Spirit or even the junior Holy Spirit, but it didn't take a rocket scientist to sit back with the kids and just listen because they would talk and whatever they would say would be a reflection of what's in the heart. Whatever you say, the Bible says, is a reflection of what's inside. My friends, does your speech make God smile? Do you have one tongue for the church or one for work or one for school or one for other people? Thoughts are a reflection of what is in the heart. But realize this, they're revealed by our actions, 
Psalm chapter 10 verse 4 says, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Here's a simple equation. Input equals output. What I put into my mind, what I put into my thought life generally will come out. I've heard this before, friends. You will do what you think about. It will control what, if you will control what you think about, you'll control what you do. Here's what I've heard. I've heard people say, you know what? Well, I just wasn't thinking and that's why I did it. No, the reason you did it is because you were thinking. You did it because you thought about it. When you think about Joshua, when I think about Joshua chapter 7, verse 20 and 21, it absolutely blows my mind because an Achan answered Joshua, here's what it says, and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord. He's responding here and says, and thus and thus have I done. And here's his problem. Here was Achan's problem. When I saw, now again, he had a choice there whether he was going to park or pass. Whether he's going to stick his, 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 his gear shift into park or he's going to sit there and just, just going to move on, flee youthful lust. But he decides to put it in park and he saw, so what does he do? Then he savored and then he stole those garments, he stole that, and then we know the story, he suffered. Now friends, again, I have a, a son and a daughter and they're incredibly precious to me and my wife and I'm so thankful for them. They're 31 and 25 years old now. But can you imagine, the Bible says that they went out and and took Achan out and they stoned he and his family. Now, commentators differ whether they stoned his entire family or just Achan. I personally believe they stoned his family as well. Can you imagine if Achan had a little girl like my joy? And Achan is held between two soldiers. Can you imagine if somebody takes a rock and they throw it at his little four-year-old daughter if he had one and and they miss her head and hits her in the chest and and she's screaming and and Aiken's doing everything he can to pull himself away from those soldiers and he can't budge and then another rock hits his little girl and another rock finally silences her voice and she becomes limp and she lays on the ground and Aiken is thinking it's all because I couldn't control my thought life. You mess around with wrong thoughts, my friends, and you don't let the Spirit of God regulate those thoughts. There's no telling what anybody can do. Some of the great people in Scripture absolutely blew it because they did not control their thoughts. They're revealed by our actions. See, my friend, the word saw in the text of Joshua is a thinking word. You don't approve unless you think. You don't discern unless you think. You don't enjoy unless you think. You don't gaze without thinking Thoughts are reflection of what is in the heart. They're revealed by our actions. Number three, they're repeatedly attacked by the devil. The devil's not going to give up on us, friends. He's not. He'll come and come again over and over and over again, and you better be ready. Beside my bed, I have a nightstand. We don't have kids in the home, so it's not a danger anymore. And when the kids, grandkids come over, I put them up just for safety reasons. But in my, in my, in my, right by my nightstand, I have two pistols. One of those is a Sig Sauer. It's a P365 non-millimeter, and it's got about 12 rounds in it. The other one is a, 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 a Sig Sauer. It's a P. 280 and it's got a, uh, it's a 380 and it's got several in it as well. And I'm telling you, I don't ever want to do this and I pray I never have to because it's not good PR for preachers to shoot people. Let me just tell you. But if some crazed out dude comes into my house at 2 a.m. and tries to hurt my wife, Lisa, those guns are coming out. I'm just telling you. I will defend myself and hopefully will be defended in a court of law if I have to. But the bottom line is, I have no idea when somebody's going to come. They don't ring my doorbell and say, hey, I'll be here at 2 a.m. They're going to come at the most unexpected time, and the devil will hammer you at the most unexpected time. You better be ready, my friend. 
Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may not just take a bite out of you, he wants to ruin, absolutely ruin your life. So what do we do? And we know the discerner of our thoughts is the Lord. He sees everything. We know the development of our thoughts. They're produced because of who we are, provoked by what we see, and they're made public by how we talk. How in the world do I get to number three? And I'm so glad that God always gives the prescription. He always gives the the band-aid. He always gives the neosporin ointment and says, here's how you get victory. Number three, the deliverance of our thoughts. How do I get victory? Here's a great little saying, my friend. Let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. Let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. In other words, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So how do I get deliverance? Get this down. If you don't get anything, number one, remember that evil thoughts are sin. That's about as elementary, my dear Watson, you're going to get, but it's truth. Remember that evil thoughts are sin. Proverbs 15, 26, the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination. That word means disgusting to the Lord. The words of the pure on the flip side are pleasant words. In other words, remember that evil thoughts are sin. And when I think those thoughts, then I, I say, God, would you forgive me? That's where 1 John 1, 9 comes out of our arsenal. And we say, God, if I confess that sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me. Remember evil thoughts sent Jesus Christ to the cross. They're sin. Number two, recognize the dangers of a wrong thought life. Mark 7, 23, the Bible says, for from within out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts. Then he lists this laundry list of adulteries, murders, fornications. Here's the bottom line. Adulteries, murders, and fornications all started with a wrong thought life. You say it won't happen to me. You are absolutely foolish to think that way. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, wherefore let him that think he stand, take heed, you better be ready lest he fall. In other words, you get cocky with God and your sin, you'll go down and you'll pay a heavy price one day. You may have gotten away with it for now and you think you're all okay and you're good, but let me tell you, the piper will cut, it will happen. Somebody, God will see it as he always does and you will have to pay for it. Ted Bundy was a serial killer. He supposedly made a profession of faith with James Dobson. James Dobson gives that testimony on Focus on the Family. Ted Bundy killed many, many women. When he was interviewed, he was asked the question. He said, where did it all begin? I'm not against cable television. I have cable television. I think anything can be used and abused. But Ted Bundy's response was this. It all began by watching things that I shouldn't watch on cable television. It started small and became big. Recognize the dangers of a wrong thought life. Remember evil thoughts are sin. Number three, resist and remove any wrong thought immediately. Resist and remove. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. If I told you and said, you know what, it's 10.38 right now according to my clock here. We're out of here in seven minutes. And and, and in seven minutes, through these doors over here, we're going to let some lions loose in the auditorium, and we're going to let you pet them. And they haven't been fed in about two weeks, but I hope you'll enjoy petting these these lions from Pensacola Zoo. You'd say, man, I'd be out of here like at 1040, I'm gone. There's no way. But if I brought these, these lions in, and they're in cages, and we put them down here in the front, and said, hey, you can go by and see these awesome lions, it'd be a different story. Why? They are in captivity. God says, bring your thoughts into captivity through the mind of Christ. 
I have a private pilot's license, as I've shared before, and times preaching here. One of the things that my instructors told me over and over again, he said this. He said, Rusty Smith, you fly the airplane. Don't let the airplane fly you. You fly it. You say, what is the analogy there? Here's the analogy. My thoughts don't control me. I control my thoughts with the power and the strength of Almighty God. I resist and I remove any wrong thought immediately. When you have a wrong thought that enters your mind, you have a choice. As I said earlier, you can either park or pass. James 4, 7, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, it doesn't mean he's not going to come back because he probably is. He knows where you live. He's got your address down. He's going to come knocking at your door or he may bust in. Be ready. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist him and he'll flee. And then number four. Relinquish your thoughts to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have, that's those who've been born again, we have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2, 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The word relinquish means to give up, to surrender, to let go. You say, how do I do that? Let God renovate your thoughts. You may be able to, you may need to say like David said in Psalm 51, 10, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. You may need some serious cleansing this morning. You may need God to step into your life and renovate your thoughts. Psalm 139, verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Man, if I, if I go to the doctor and, and he says, Rusty, you've got cancer, and I say, Doc, just cut a little bit out of, out of it and just leave some if you don't mind, I'd be absolutely stupid. No, I want him to take it all. And when God shows you what's wrong in your life, say, God, get rid of it all. I'm here. I'm ready. I want to be cleansed. You've got to be honest with an almighty God. Let God renovate your thoughts. Number two, let God rule your thoughts. Rule means he's in control. The Bible says, Proverbs 16, 3, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Now, here again is the thesis statement of today. I don't want you to miss this. Here is the key. If you and I are going to win in the battle of our thought life, we must, we must, we must memorize Scripture. We must. It is what we have when the devil comes. In Matthew chapter 4, well, you know the story when the Lord is tempted and the devil takes him up in a high mountain over and over and over again. Jesus responds with these words, it is written. And every time he got the victory, I know he's God. I know that he could not sin. I got that. But that principle is there for you and I. It is written. When's the last time you memorized scripture in your weakness? When's the last time you said, all right, devil, you coming at me? I'm going to come back at you with the word of God. Let's say that I'm selling my home to Dr. Adkins, and I decide to sell my home to Dr. Adkins, and, and uh, we agree on a price, and, and uh, we're, he's excited about it, and I'm excited because I'm moving on, and my house has a basement, and, and I give him the keys. We're at the realtor's place, and we, we write all, sign all those 8,000 papers. you got to sign at a closing for a house, and, and he signs his, and I give him the keys. We shake hands, and, and, and we go on our merry ways. Dr. Adkins calls me the next day. He says, hey, Rusty, how you doing? I said, man, doing great. How you doing? How you like the house? He said, man, we love it. He said, I got a problem, though. He said, I I got a key to the front door, and I tried it, and it worked great. He said, I got a key to the back door, no problem at all. He said, but I I started to walk down to the basement, and and right at the the, the top of the stairs at the basement, there's a door, and it's got a window, and you can look down in the basement. He said, I I see down at the basement, at the bottom, you you still have some boxes in there, and it says like Rusty's clothes and Lisa's uh, uh, kitchen supplies and whatever. And he said, I've tried the the keys, and and I can't get in the basement. He said, "I, I need the key to the basement. And Dr. Atkins hears on the other end of the line some of the craziest words he's ever heard in his life. 
and he hears me say, uh, Doc, I didn't sell you the basement. It's still mine. That'd be crazy. Because when he bought my house, he got all of it. And if you've been born again, you're bought with a price. And he got all of you, including your thoughts. Remember, he sees everything. And God wants the best for your life. But you've got to realize if I'm going to have God's best for my life, I've got to simply say, God, I've given you everything, including my thoughts. I ask you this morning, what are you thinking? You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.